0: helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Matas from DNVR, where you can subscribe for $5 a month. Get all of our premium content. We got a great deal going on, the Christmas gift box, which you can buy. You get a subscription. You also get two T-shirts. They're actually two items from the merch. We have these really cool hats. They're actually really dope. Um, So you can get a T-shirt and a hat, two hats, two T-shirts, whatever you want, whenever you get a gift box. A perfect stocking stuffer for your son or daughter, father, grandpa, or just your friend thinking of what you want to give for a friend this is the perfect idea they can get t-shirts hats and a subscription you guys can talk about all the great articles and great content how about drew Locke, by the way check out dnvr broncos pod i'm sure they've got a lot of great stuff to say the dnvr gift box check it out today's episode of the show is a notebook episode following a loss to the brooklyn nets a tough loss the fourth loss and fifth tries for the Denver Nuggets. I think a lot of Nuggets Nation get starting to get concerned. Just rewatched it. I will tell you this. I rewatch every single game. Second time going through, I always be a, I'm always a little bit more with a fine um, fine-tooth comb going through the details trying to figure out what was good, what was bad and this isn't always the case, but in this one It's a little bit better on rewatch than I thought. I was really worried. I was really worried it was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. So going to share all those news and notes. And, of course, if you want the companion piece to this, you can check out the list. Um, There will be – I've got like 20 clips. I have to – I'm going to probably limit it to somewhere around 10. A deep dive for subscribers only on DNVR really helps you understand the game better. All right, let's get into it. Number one – You know, the Nets provide an interesting—they're always tough against Denver, um, against the Jokic-era Denver Nuggets. And I think that has to do a lot—I mean, their style of play, they have some of the key ingredients to beating Denver. Number one, some great three-point shooting. Elite three-point shooting, actually. They're a very well-coached team. I think Kenny Atkinson, one of the most underrated coaches in all of the NBA. Really, really smart stuff they do. Spread the court. They're— you know they're a modern day team. I, you know they take a lot of three pointers, um, and they make a lot. They I shouldn't say they take a lot. They generate a lot of good three pointers. That's really the best way to talk about. It. I know a lot of people talk about you know the three point shot or how many teams are taking too many or whatever. Brooklyn Nets sixth in the league in three point attempts per game. But they generate good ones. The looks they have aren't forced looks; they're very, very smart looks. And um, Denver, D- Denver saw that uh, today. Actually, they're their sixth in per game, seventh in rate. Um, so per one hundred possessions, Jared Allen. So they got, so they got their elite three point shooting. They have uh, an athletic big that always gives Jokic a hard time. At Jared Allen, one of my favorite stay in your lane guys. He's a big um, who just does his job. He does. He's not trying to post up. You know, he doesn't get the floater. He doesn't do stuff he's not supposed to do. He knows what his shots are, his best shots, and he takes those. He knows when he's supposed to roll. And if he doesn't get the ball in the roll, he doesn't complain. He just rolls hard every time. Jared Allen is an elite center, um, role-playing center. I always talk about, I love guys that know what their job is and just do that. That's Jared Allen. And he's also like an underrated passer. Not that he's like making, you know, Jokic level or even Plumlee level passes, but he can like sort of pivot out. This is like setting a low bar a little bit, but he can like pivot out of the short roll if he doesn't have something and find the open guy. I'm a huge Jared Allen fan. I don't think he's very skilled, um, but he's very, very good at doing what he's supposed to do. And that in itself is a skill. And then last and most important of all, they have a phenomenal point guard in Spencer Dinwiddie, who is very, very quick, much quicker than Denver's guards. I mean, one of the problem with Denver is Monte Morris, um, Jamal Murray, not very quick off the bounce. Um, you know, crafty, smart dude, skilled, whatever. But they're just not. They don't get by. They don't break guys down one on one. Spencer Dinwiddie, nonstop today, living in the paint. Going to be a huge point of emphasis in this podcast. Um, so you combine all of those th- those things and you spread the court, you make Denver Garden Space, and they just did not do a good job of that. Um, but first in the notes here, Jokic was a very willing shooter. I think I, – I don't want to play the, like, orange slices and participation trophy, um, you know, too much – In this series or on this podcast, because quite frankly, this was a game Denver should have won and had a chance to win and they did not. So let me just get it right off the bat. This was a, this was a loss for Denver, not a bad loss, but like this was a loss that that shouldn't have happened. So um, all of the like positive silver lining stuff I'm talking about, it's not, I'm not trying to put rose-colored glasses on this one, um, but but I do want to point out some of the things that I do think was positive. Jokic was a very willing shooter. He looked for chances, not just as in, oh, he was open, he took them. He took 21 shots tonight, and he was looking for opportunities to be aggressive and I actually and assertive, and I think that was a really good thing for him. Uh, and, and one of the silver linings of this game now is that two times in a row, Jokic has looked to be a lot more aggressive. Um, I've talked about the Nets, how they're a very smart coach. They put you in a bind. They had some really great sets, one of which I'll definitely highlight because it's an action they went to quite a bit. Those double high screens. If you've listened to Locked On Nuggets, my other podcast, uh, quite a bit, you know that – I've talked about double high screens and just how effective they can be, especially with a rim rolling big, like, like Jared Allen, Denver was put in that a lot and they just, their scheme against it, especially in that first quarter, first quarter was just absolutely terrible. Um, but they're a smart coach team and and they have a smart point guard and that combination just, they're really, really good at forcing you into the thing you don't want to do. And Denver all night tonight on the defensive end was just very uncomfortable. Um, a lot of it looked like Jokic getting cooked, and this was a bad defensive game for Jokic, no doubt about it. Uh, on the list, I'm going to separate what was bad Jokic and what was Jokic looking bad because other players had sort of screwed up, and there was a lot of both. But I think this was a game that, to most casual watchers, are going to watch and be like, oh man, Jokic is getting you know dunked on every time. I would say maybe 80% of the times, the, the, the breakdowns were on other players. One of the problems with Jokic is he's not Joel Embiid. He's not Rudy Gobert. He's not one of these rim protector and rim deterrent guys that – when guys get into the paint, they're afraid. They shoot their floaters a little bit higher. He's blocking shots. That doesn't mean Jokic can't be a good defender, but it is his weakness that if he does get put into these positions where he has to guard two on one or he has to like stop a crafty point guard go- going downhill, he is much worse than most centers at that. So the key is, and you know, I always say, Marcus Saul is bad at this. Marcus Shaw is, is is an extremely good defensive center, one of the best in all of the NBA, and maybe the most the best well rounded one. But if you give him a guard running downhill at him, he's not very good. The key is he's very good at not being put in those positions, and he's had some very good teams and, and guards around him. You think about the Tony Allens. Um, you've know, you, you you've had some great – Mike Conley, some great on-ball defenders that they they take away that opportunity. Well, today Denver was in those, oppor- those moments nonstop, and it really hammers home what is Jokic's biggest weakness. So a little bit of this is Jokic intrinsically bad at guarding the pick and roll in space with these types of point guards. Um, but he's especially bad if you put him in those positions that Denver just kept over and over again going to. Jamal Murray was hitting some shots early on. Um, a lot of mid-range. He was getting his shots going. Some This is part of the hard part with Murray. I think he has four or five field goals in the first quarter, but they were all two. So um, it's one of those math battles. And again, one of the things that's concerning about Denver's offense is that they're not generating the looks. I think a lot of people hear like, oh, the new game with analytics, it's all about taking threes. It's it's so much about what shots are you generating, what what good looks are you getting, and healthy offenses are generating good three-point looks and shots at the rim. And by the way, these two things, they play off of each other. If you look at Brooklyn's shot chart tonight, and I almost, if you're really into this stuff, I highly recommend everybody check out the contrast between Denver's shot chart and Brooklyn's shot chart. Brooklyn had so many shots from behind the three-point line and so many shots from the rim. And if you think about it, We talk about this concept of gravity. You want to be creating an offense that is putting pressure at both the rim and the three-point line because those are the two areas that are so stretched out. It's hard to guard both. From the three-point line to the to the basket, there's 20-plus feet of space there. And if you're constantly getting into the teeth of the defense and getting to the rim, the defense constantly has to sag into the rim, and then you're kicking out for wide-open threes. And this game was such a stark contrast, and if you look at those shot charts, it was such a contrast. Denver, almost nothing at the rim. The three-point shots they hit were felt like small miracles. I mean, Jeremy Grant going 5-7 not going to happen too often. Um, whereas if you look at the Brooklyn stop chart, there was just so much at the rim, so many dunks, so many shots in the paint, and as a result, they were also getting so many kickouts and threes. A real contrast right now to the state of the Brooklyn offense versus the state of the Denver offense. Listeners, I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits is Breckenridge Brewery of the Month. You can download their app and enjoy a six-pack for just $7.99. That's Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits app. You get uh, Breckenridge Brewery for just $7.99, a six-pack. Um, but they've got some great beers. The Strawberry Sky, we're doing like a different beer each day. Today is the Strawberry Sky. Somebody sent me a beer, by the way, on the weekend, and I didn't see it till way too late. And then I said, oh, I'm going to put this out tomorrow, and it was like one in the morning, and then I just forgot. So somebody did finally send me a picture of them drinking a uh, a Colorado Core, and I forgot. But today, promoting uh, Strawberry Sky, which typically a little bit more of a summer beer, but you know what? Sometimes you just need to be in that summer frame of mind Strawberry sky is where you want to go really really crisp refreshing beer light-hearted Kolsch L and I think you're really gonna enjoy it I enjoy it. I'm sure you will as well. I want to tell you about a new one mile-high green cross They these guys offer an experience. You're not gonna forget award-winning products Check out this year's cannabis cup winning products when you head to their website mile-high green cross offers a variety of CBD products edibles concentrates cartridges They pride themselves on their customer service, and it really shows. Every single time you pop in, you'll receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention, they have everyday low prices on in-house products, such as $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil bulk deals. Five cartridges for $100. Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. No cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross, this is great. Now accepts hyper. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, the time you walk in and the time you walk out is just nine minutes. I know that's super important for me because I have a hectic, crazy life. They're informative, speedy. Head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They're conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they also offer parking in the back. So tell them who sent you. DNVR. foul jump shooters three times in the first half three times twice it was joe harris and those were killer you know it's funny you look at this game and it felt like denver was getting killed on the defensive end because they were although their defensive rating i think of 108 not the worst kind of average actually as bad as it felt in this game denver's actually defense was actually league average defense tonight against a pretty good offense um but they did foul joe harris twice Another jump shooter one time, and those are, you know, Joe Harris is one of the best free-throw shooters in all of the NBA, so you're handing – it's better just to leave him wide open because if you put him on the line, it's automatic points, and unfortunately Denver was doing that a little bit. Denver did have Mason Plumley dropping in coverage, so Jokic playing up on the level of the screen – lobs over the top galore. Jared Allen just dunking these homes. Plumlee comes in and he's dropping even against Spencer Didwitty, and it had a little bit of an effect. They were able to force some of these floaters and mid-range shots. Now, at first, Brooklyn was knocking them down, but eventually they stopped. Now, one of the things, because I saw some people saying like, oh, Plumlee's doing a better job defensively. I actually would disagree. The one big difference was that Spencer and Didwitty was the story tonight. He was the one that was in the driver's seat. He was the one that was making everything happen, and he was the starter. So the bench comes in, David Nwaba just not nearly on the level. So every time David Nwaba was in and running the pick-and-roll, you could drop on him, and you just wouldn't have to worry. When Spencer Didwitty was in there, he was really putting Denver on their heels and, and, and doing a really, really good job. I'm not a fan of Gary Harris. This is on the list. I'm not a fan of Gary Harris rejecting ball screens. What I mean by that is Jokic will come up to set that side pick and roll. It's almost always on the left side of the floor cuz Gary is so good going to his right and going to the middle. So you try to get that pick and roll there, well sometimes Gary will reject the screen and go away from it. I almost think I think a big part of Gary Harris's like Slump, but I don't even know if it's a slump. I think this is who he is. He sort of changed what he's emphasizing. I think Gary Harris needs to drastically reduce his role. First off, almost never reject the screen. He did it back-to-back possessions um, in, in the second quarter here. Never reject the screen. Always take the screen when you get it, unless you're really being overplayed and you have like a wide open lane. But you know, talented players can reject the screen because it basically becomes an ISO at that point. Gary Harris shouldn't be ISOing. And and unfortunately, it was happening. But I think even more so, you look at Gary Harris in the pick and roll or the dribble handoff, whichever it was. If the defense goes under, automatic square up and look to take the shot. He needs to have the green light there, but he also needs to be hunting for it. This should be—he should be when he's catching the ball in the DHO in the pick and roll. He should be hoping they go under and have it in his mind that as soon as they go under, he's gonna spot up. The nice thing about spotting up if the defense goes over under the pick and roll or under the handoff is, you can—if you square up for your shot, but then the defense recovers. You didn't do anything. You you hand the ball off to Yoke and you keep the ball moving. It's not like a loss. It's just, okay, I misread that or I didn't get the shot that I wanted. But you don't forfeit the possession. So square up if they go under. If they trail, turn the corner and try to get to the cup all the way to the rim. Not to the floater zone, not to the paint outside the restricted area, all the way to the rim. If you can't do that, see if you can hit Jokic on the roll. If you can't do that, maybe you have the mid-range pull-up. Pull-up, not floater, but pull-up. If you don't have that, keep it moving. Keeping the ball moving in these situations is extremely easy. Extremely easy. The defense is sagging in. They're trying, everybody's sort of stunting to take away your passing lanes or your driving lanes. So there's always a release valve for you in those moments. This should be Gary Harris. No more like trying to make something out of nothing I I think the coaching staff maybe even needs to have that harsh conversation with him of, hey, we need you to drastically reduce what you do on the offensive end because too many of the possessions where he goes off script and sort of becomes a creator, especially a creator out of nothing, those are just empty, empty points right now. Really, really tough. And then the other thing, I'm going to start. This will be a point of emphasis, I think, over the next week or two. I think he needs to catch the ball on the move a lot more. Right now he's catching the ball on a lot of these, like, dribble pitch, or even just pick and rolls, and he's waiting, and he's sitting and surveying the court, and then he goes. He's not that type of player. Again, the more you can catch on the move, the more you keep the ball popping, you keep things moving, because there's no break. The defense doesn't get a chance to sort of, you know, offensively, Gary's surveying the court, but the defense is also surveying him, and I think that the advantage actually goes to the defense in those moments, not to him. So he needs to make quick decisions and simplify his decision-making. This was – now here's the key to what I – one of the keys to the game. The first key was Spencer Dinwiddie and just how well he performed in the pick and roll. The second key to me is Brooklyn plays small. They start Torian Prince um, at power forward against Paul Millsap. Denver plays big. They almost never play small. And, I mean, they play small one through three with Barton obviously at the three. But they almost – they have four bigs. And actually, one of the storylines of this Nuggets is I'm just not sure they need four bigs. I, I, the more you look at this logjam and the rotation and Michael Porter Jr. not getting minutes, Torrey Craig not getting minutes, minute, going to talk about him in a little bit. Um, the more you look at it and think, how many teams have four traditional bigs? Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant. And on nights like this when Torian Prince, a three playing a four, a, str- a true stretch four, you have to win the board battle and you have to have MILSAP go off. Well, neither of those things happened tonight. Millsap a pretty ineffective nine points, but he also just I wonder if Denver had been trying to get Jokic going. And and he has been. The last two games, you know, he's kind of gotten out of his rut. He's it's been Jokic ball. But this was a game that oddly enough, I think the team probably should have gone to Millsap. In the post a lot because if a team is going to play small like that and spread you out, Millsap's defense, his backside defense is mitigated a little bit because he has to stick to the perimeter. Torian Prince, a 41% three-point shooter. He has to stay on him so he can't help out and be as effective defensively as he usually is. But the flip side of that, the way that you really counter that is... You punish Torian Prince in the post. You tr- punish Zana Musa in the post and you draw fouls. You take those guys out of the game because usually a big should make it so that teams are like, man, we can't keep giving up these paint points. Well, that didn't happen. And I wonder if part of the reason it didn't happen was because Denver was so concerned with getting Jokic going that they didn't br- basically they didn't break. Jokic ball just to get Millsap going but in this game maybe it would have been a little bit better to do that uh in, in this specific one but that was a battleground and it was one that Denver lost and then when you go to Jeremy Grant you know fortunately he knocked down some of those three so he ended up acting almost as a wing but um, you know defensively he was still he's still more of a big a traditional big when Brooklyn was playing small so interesting sort of battleground in this one Dinwiddie does everything well in the pick and roll, by the way. If you've been reading the list all year, I've pointed out some of the little details, the the wide steps... Um, when you're attacking the basket, you know, really taking those long strides because it's harder for the big to sort of gauge off rhythm, off foot, off hand, um, you know, stutter steps, step throughs. He just has every little trick in the bag. And then on top of that, he's just lightning quick. So it was really <laughs> as much as it sucks watching Denver just get actually absolutely carved up. It was actually kind of fun watching Dinwiddie operate because he was really in his bag in this one. The floaters as well. He hit hit, hit a couple of those. Um Denver, to their credit, Denver was getting absolutely murdered, but and Jokic in particular, but he kept fighting back on the other end. There was one stretch where you could tell Jokic was getting particularly frustrated um, in the third quarter, and he came down and nailed a three. He went right at Jared Allen, like you could tell he was like, okay, if I'm not going to be able to stop him, I'm going to go down and score every time, and he was doing that. He actually was, um, you know, to his credit, he was trying to battle through that. Things did start to snowball a little bit in the third, with Denver getting a little frustrated. If you look at that third quarter, which was the one Malone pointed out as being terrible, and I would agree, I think that was the worst quarter. They actually only got only quote unquote only got outscored by six points in that one, so it was a disastrous quarter. But Denver at least battled. um, They at least battled to kind of keep it in there. I mentioned Plumlee going up against Dinwiddie. Same results basically as what Jokic was getting. It wasn't. um, It wasn't one of those things where. When Plumley was in against Nwaba, he did a great job. When Plumley was in there against Dinwiddie, it was not a great job. So um, so that was really, really rough. Dinwiddie, phenomenal, phenomenal player in this one. Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD enriched coffee that's changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. Couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself and receive 20% off when you use the promo code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Fourth quarter, Jeremy Grant nailed three threes. No, four threes in the fourth. Fourth quarter actually got off to a really fun start. The bench was bringing it, and again, Denver's bench... It was better, especially with Kyrie out. I mean, think about it. If Spencer Dinwiddie was off the bench for them and Kyrie starting, it almost like their bench better than their starters. But their bench, you know, Amon Schumpert, David Nwaba, DeAndre washed up, DeAndre Jordan, Theo Pinson, not great players. So Denver's bench. Um, even though it has struggled this year, you know, that's a win and it was a win in this fourth quarter. They got off to a great start, played with a ton of energy. I thought sparked some things. And then Jeremy Grant not nailing back to back three pointers was huge. So he starts the game. He banks one in. Then he misses two horribly. I mean, horrible misses. And I think I put a tweet out something about like comparing his numbers last year to Trey Lyles. And again, I think Jeremy Grant's a significantly better player, but I am concerned with this idea that Jeremy Grant's role in the Denver offense is as a spot-up shooter. I mean, that's primarily where his shots are coming from. You look at it tonight, he gets eight shots. Jeremy Grant took eight shots tonight. Seven of them were three-pointers. So that just kind of tells you, and and what's funny about that is, if Denver's wants their power forward to be taking most of their shots from three, why not play a stretch four, an actual stretch four? Which, by the way, you have one on the bench in Michael Porter Jr. But it just seems like that's just not in the cards for whatever reason. Michael Malone is not a fan of Michael Porter Jr. So, um, so Jeremy Grant. But anyway, he knocks down four four threes in the in the fourth quarter, and that was a big part of what kept it in. it. And then Monte Morris knocks down two three pointers in the uh, fourth quarter. So those two guys sort of not just keeping Denver in it, but but up in, in the fourth quarter. Weird decisions, though. So. Paul Millsap didn't have it going tonight. Jeremy Grant knocks down those threes, and he ends up getting the nod to close. I think that was the right move, given how Jeremy Grant was knocking those shots down. But Denver was up 92-89, and Malone leaves Wancho in. So you go to the starters, but leave Wancho in. And um, just a really – there was a little stretch there where actually I think Denver first hits a three, but then they give up like seven straight points. And to me, I thought that was – There was a lot of little moments you could point to and say that was the game. That was one of them because Wancho was was a a zero in this game. I don't think he scored. No, he had free throws. He had free throws, right? Yeah, he had two points. So um, he plays for 22 minutes. He was actually a plus 12 um almost a team high plus 12 but I just in that moment you need a defensive player you need somebody to knock down shots he clearly wasn't that and I thought he stuck with him for too long and Denver ended up giving up a little bit there but some weird plays down the stretch so here's where Denver down the stretch kind of let this game go even though they had a chance to win it despite not playing well Gary Harris took a Dirk air ball Dirk he he, with 15 seconds on the shot clock he takes a pick and roll with Jokic, snakes the screen into the mid-range on the side, not even in, in the middle of the court where maybe you have a better chance at it, and he shoots a one-legged fall away that goes to an air ball with 15 seconds on the clock. This is what I'm talking about with Gary Harris. He's not this guy. Denver doesn't need him to be this guy, and that was a shot that you just don't need that shot from him in that moment. So um, re- a lot of wasted possessions, and that was one of the very first ones. A minute 30 to go, Will Barton hits a ginormous three, and I thought, I thought Denver was going to win it at that point. He hits a three, Denver goes up one, um, and then they get a stop. On the other end, they get a stop. They get the ball back with 115, up one, And they completely wasted the possession. Jamal Murray dribbles the air out of the ball for most of the possession. Jokic can't establish good post position. And they end up taking, I think, a Jamal Murray, like, just heave. I think it's also an air ball. It turns into a shot clock violation. Now, it's just one possession. But, again, Denver had been so good in the clutch this year. And that was one where you look at that and you go, okay, this is a big one. You get a bucket. You go up three. You're you're almost in can't-lose situation. And instead, Denver gets a shot clock violation because they literally stood there dribbling the ball till the shot clock wound down and then just threw up a heave. So, unfortunate. Dinwiddie comes down and gets a bucket. Just great footwork. Again, he blows by Gary Harris. He gets right to Jokic at the rim. And Jokic steps up to him. But this is one of those plays where even a great rim protector has a hard time. And Jokic, of course, not that. Dinwiddie does a great job of stepping through. I think it'll be up on the list. Um, and He scores. Uh, next possession, Jokic comes down in the post and gets a bucket and hits it. And, and it's like answers him right back, goes up one with like 40 seconds left. And then the last one here's is out, coming out of a timeout defensive possession. Michael Malone leaves Jeremy Grant in the game. Now, I wonder if part of this is that Denver didn't have a timeout and they had to, I, I believe they didn't have, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe they wanted him to stay in to go the other direction. Paul Millsap's your best backline defender by a lot by a long shot. Um, I know he hadn't played in that fourth but sticking with Jeremy Grant there I thought was a really really interesting choice. Gary Harris gets blown by again and then of course um, no Paul Millsap in that backline just Jeremy Grant steps up not even close to contesting it and didn't when he gets a, an easy easy shot. So um so really in, and then the last possession of the game Denver has I think 20 26 seconds on the clock. They get the ball into Jokic, he kicks it out, and Denver just got sped up. Barton ends up taking like a one-handed running floater with 14 on the clock. It was one of those possessions where it was a little bit of a scrambled play. I think a pass, a kickout got tipped, but... There was still enough time for Denver to kind of be settled and be poised, but um, both Murray, who tried to drive and shoot, then kicks it to Barton, who drove and shot the floater, uh, the floater. Denver was playing with a little bit more urgency than I think they needed because they could have gotten a good shot on that possession um, rather than the shot that Barton took, which was really, really bad. But, you know, the story of it was, was just Dinwiddie and him scoring on the final two possessions was just so fitting because how Denver just did not have an answer to him. Now, here's what's interesting. I actually think there's a player on the Nuggets roster who is perfect for guarding the Spencer Dinwiddie's of the world. And that's Torrey Craig. Everybody knows from listening to this, I'm not the biggest Torrey Craig fan. I'm not a big believer because I do think he limits your offense, but there are certain types that he is really, really good against Russell Westbrook, who by the way is on a Houston Rockets team that plays The Brooklyn nets are basically the Houston Rockets without James Harden. Um, they play a very similar style. They spread you out. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, Tory Craig, very good at bottling those types up. He's very quick, very athletic, and he's a good defender. And he's just longer than Spencer Dinwiddie, so he can max size with size. Gary Harris is strong, but he's not very quick, and he's not long. And so this is a game that I think you could have probably – if Malone is trying to go to these, like, different rotations, this was a game or, – or, or like, you know, small forward by committee or whatever. This is a game that you use your weapon. You use Tory Craig – But I think that Michael Malone doesn't want to do that. He wants to establish a set rotation of 9, 10 guys and just stick with them game in and game out. And I thought this was one where he probably could have been a lot more flexible. Wancho, 23 minutes probably didn't need that um maybe tory craig in the game to, when nobody was effective guarding spencer dinwiddie and see if that had any impact on him but unfortunately that wasn't the case so ugly game this was a team that was built to exploit denver and they did and um although there were some positive signs in this game not nearly enough for them to get a much needed win now you look at it you go on the road to Philadelphia. That's a really, really tough game on national television. Then you come home against Mello and the Portland Trailblazers on national television. Another tough one. Denver needs to bounce back, but they didn't do it against Brooklyn. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow. 30. Dirty 30. That's right. Total Beverage, giving the DNVR family 30% off your purchase of $25 more with a max discount applying up to $75. Use promo code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Download it today. You can save. You, can you may save. or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area. Lakewood to Boulder to Aurora to Brighton. they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today. Receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount, applying up to $75.